I don't need to preach after that. I, I watched that video five or six times. Not any time that I watched it that I didn't have tears running down my face. Uh, I tell you what, um, we're here to celebrate kids and, and uh, believe it or not, Connection strives to give a little bit more accurate account of what actually happened uh, than maybe this, but I don't know that David ate cake, for instance. Um, but the cool thing about this video is, in the mind of a child, uh, in the mind of a child, you know what they're not afraid to do? They're not, they're not afraid to pray for things that scare you and I to death. They're not afraid to ask God for anything. I, to, I told my, the, the people that normally attend Connection, I, I've told them that I have seriously, honestly, wholeheartedly, completely and totally knelt beside my daughter Lydia's bed and prayed that Minnie Mouse would make a reappearance rather quickly. Because she said, Dad, I need, we need to pray for Minnie Mouse. I don't know where she is. I said, okay. <laughs> It's one of those things. If you, have a, if you have a child that has had a toy or a blanket or like that, I, you, you know what I'm talking about. I would like to welcome you this morning to Connection Church. My name is Matt Griswold. Um, if, you, if you see some, some high school age kids that maybe have went to Wayne City last night and, they, and they're kind of walking around like this, it was prom last night. So uh, just, you know, encourage them. <laughs> Give them a coffee or something. So, uh, but... This morning I want to take some time, if you, if you, were, you were handed a couple things when you walked in this morning, and I want to show you why. If you have your, your worship handout, I want you to open it up to the first page. What you're going to do is you're going to be able to follow along with our sermon today, fill out some blanks. Uh, if you're new with us at Connection, okay, on this left side, it's called the Connection Card. You can just tear this piece off. There's an offering box in the back. We don't pass an offering plate. You can just drop it in there so we can get to know you better. If you open it up all the way... What you'll see today, second thing down, underneath Celebrate Recovery, is our baby dedication. Um, I assume that some of you know that's going on today, uh, may have visited for that reason. Underneath that, it's called, it's, there's a thing called First Step. First Step is after church, on the, at, to this today, after the 11 o'clock service, uh, we are going to have a time where you can uh, hang out with me, some different other people, we're going to... <laughs> There's pizza. Not, don't come out and hang out with me. There's actually pizza for lunch. So, uh, but if you want to learn more about Connection, if you want to join Connection, if, you're, if you want to understand what Connection does, uh, we'll meet for about an hour and a half after the 11 o'clock service. That gets over about 12.15, so we're going to try to start at uh, 12.30 and get done. Um, I want to respect your time as much as I can. But man, isn't it, isn't it a great day? It's a great day. We have sunshine. For those of you people that just insist on praying against snow, I've just you you've you've won me over. It's a couple weeks, three weeks before turkey season, and the crappie are biting. So we'll just bring on spring. How about that? You ready? Okay. And, uh, next Christmas, snow, right? <laughs> Some of you go. If you get snow, I'm going to Florida. Okay. I can come there too. Um, <laughs> connection, Florida. I like that. Look at the first uh, the first blank. The first blank on your worship handout. Look at that on the screen. If that's ready to be brought up. If it's okay. It is our responsibility. You can fill in the blank. It's our responsibility to pray for, teach, and lead these children. And these children are the people, are the children that you have at your home. If you don't have any children at home, you're an empty nester. The children that they're at connection, uh, the children that are in your family, the, t the children that don't attend connection, that are in your family, all of these children, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility. One of our responsibilities is to pray 
four. We're going to get to do that today. We're, going to, we're supposed to teach. Um, by the way, if you've ever had any, um, if you want to find out about how we teach our, our kids and our youth, you come and talk to me after church and I can, I can tell you, um, we have people that are putting and giving their whole entire lives to teach and raise up children to follow Christ. Um, and we lead them. How do we lead them? Well, we talked last week that we give them something to imitate, right? Um, so, Jesus was, and, and had the ability to, communicate with people very, very well. Now, here's the deal. You were also given one of these when you came in. I know, some of you are like, what is this? Is this a new, is this a new business card? No, it's not a new business card. It can be used as a coaster. It can be used as a protection device, if you can throw ninja stars. Um, uh, d- decorating, you can alternate them if you get more than one. They're two-sided. Uh, what they are is, in the very back of the card, it says this. It gives our address, our, our times. On the very back of the card, it says, A place where broken people living in a difficult world are relating, relating in a real way with a very compassionate God. I want you, before Easter, this is, this is your job. If you go to Connection, if you don't, just take this, enjoy it, set a drink on it this afternoon, okay? But if you go to Connection, it's not too early to invite people to Easter. April 16th, okay? Invite people to Easter. Uh, Easter service, we're going to have one big, huge service at 10. We're going to have overflow. Again, we're going to ask our people from Connection, park in the back, sit up front, okay? Um, Because when we talk about children and we are willing to do this and we're willing to sacrifice certain things, we're teaching and we're leading. Remember last week we talked, I talked to you a little bit about this, but the, the kids are really good imitators, now, now, what did we learn about last week? I told you this. There may have been some times when maybe you said something in a certain way or something that you wish you hadn't have said, and all of a sudden your kid doesn't repeat it right then. They wait till they get into the most public place known to man, don't they? Kroger, Walmart. My daughter's, I guess it was when they found their voice. Okay, parents, you know, when they learned to get exceptionally loud. It was in the most acoustic bathroom known to man. It was all concrete, and it would just echo. And I, <laughs> I was sitting outside, and Mary and the girls were in the bathroom. And this guy walked by me. He goes, your girls? I go, yep. <laughs> hmm. But over the last few weeks, we've really been looking into what it takes to raise a child to follow God. It's not an easy process. It's not a convenient process. And it takes inward looking. We looked, at, we looked at ourselves, the inward battle, first, the first week, and what a role we play as parents and family members of these children. This is difficult because we looked how we have to have a healthy relationship to have them imitate a healthy relationship, and how we're responsible for raising these children up. Last week we talked about something that, that people don't want to talk about. And remember that I used two words at the end of this that are very, 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 very important. We talked about disciplining our children in love and what that looks like and what that means. We teach them right from wrong. Now, why do, why do we discipline them? We talked about this. Why do, we, why do we discipline our kids? And remember, I told you that when I turned 16, I, I would beg... I would beg to say, hey, I'm 16. Um, can we go ahead and change from the punishment that I know that I'm going to get to... We just revert back to get some spankings here, okay? I just want to revert back to that a little bit. That way I can still go out. But my dad took these from me. And I would, I would beg and plead, hey, hey, let's, let's do something different. But we talked about getting your child's attention, 
every time that you talk with them or have to discipline them, you come to them also in love? Why? Why do we do that? Why do we discipline in love? And I, I, I really went over this with, this with you guys last week, and I just want to bring this up to speed. But I told you that you've never, as a follower of Jesus, you've never been disciplined by God without love. That's why you should give love. Because he, he wants to correct us. If, if we want to raise children to follow, they have to be submissive um, to what God wants. God loves you. Just I don't know I don't know where all your backgrounds are. I don't know where you're from. I don't know where you go to church. If you go to church, if you know who Jesus is, if you don't believe in God or not, this is this is not the issue. But the issue is this. I want to tell you something today that maybe no one's ever told you. The God that created this world loves you infinitely much, and He loves you right where you are, struggling with what you're struggling with right now. And He loves you in the pit of your life. But here's the deal. He loves you too much to leave you there. He loves you too much to leave you there. He's provided a way out, and that way out is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So today we look at, we've looked at parents, we've looked at our inward, uh, we've looked at family members, we've looked at um, how we should imitate Christ so our kids would imitate us. So now we look at the church. And today, church, all of you, church, church is not a place. The church is not a building. The church is the, are the followers of Jesus Christ. That's the church. And we are to be the church. We're to go. But today, we're going to see our responsibilities as a church. Now, hear me. I understand that not everyone goes to connection here. That's fine. I'm glad, welcome. You're, you are family, like Jack said. We want you to have a great time with us this morning. Many of you are coming to see your relatives. Uh, maybe grandkids are going to be dedicated later. But... I want this to go a little bit different. When we, when we talk about the church as a responsibility to pray for, to teach, to lead our kids, the church, I'm talking about anybody that claims that they, that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ and that He is the only way to heaven church. Okay, Everywhere, all over the world. I would love for God to start a gigantic revival and He started right here. And we see generations of young people begin to raise up. Do you know how amazing that would be? Do you know how life-changing that would be? It requires us to do a couple things. You have to get out of your comfort zone. Whew, I know. For some of you, some of you listening to the kids' video, Oh, that's not my kind of humor. Although there wasn't very many. You guys were laughing. Okay? Uh, but, but maybe this, the music is not in your comfort zone or me speaking to that person at work is not in my comfort zone. Now, here's the deal. God didn't say that your life as a follower of Jesus was going to be easy. Never one time. You know how I know that? I've looked. Several times. Where does it say that it's going to be easy for me to follow Christ? In fact, Jesus talks to His disciples and He said, here's the deal. They are going, the world is going to hate you, but they don't hate you. They hate what you have in you, and that's me. And it's hard. We have to live purposely, and we have to live with intention. The church, no matter where you go to church, the church is bigger than you are. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than a group of people. It's bigger than anything that you could possibly understand. Our job is to continue that church. 
It's not a place. We are it. So if we're the church, we're commanded in, in Matthew 28 to share God's love with people. Period. We like to think this. Okay, I'm going to talk to Jane and Sarah and Emily and, and all these people over here. I like them. They like me. Easy to talk to these people, isn't it? It's easy to talk to those people. How about this? When's the last time that you had a confrontation with someone and the conversation didn't go well and instead of being mad for a week, you went to them the next day and said, you know what? Maybe I said, take responsibility for what you said. And you said, you know what? I want to put this behind us. I apologize for what I did yesterday. This is how far out of the comfort zone it is, isn't it? We often say, we often tell our kids, I want you to apologize to her. I have two girls. Don't let them fool you with their pretty, bouncing personality. Nothing ever goes wrong. Matt and Mary live in Disneyland. You have no idea. <laughs> You're laughing because you've had kids or you've been around kids. And they're not perfect. But I, I, I will go to them. Mary will go to them and say, Listen, Lydia, you did something incorrect. You need to apologize to, Lit- to Emma. Now, we learned this very early. You know what Lydia says? I don't want to. This is... <laughs> It's not an option, is what I'm telling her. But how would, we, how, how would we expect? Why would we have any desire to expect our kids to give and offer forgiveness if we are not able or willing to do that in our life so they can copy us? I talk to you about sharing real stuff with your kids. Not personal things. Not things that are out of bounds. But I mean... I mean, sharing with your kids, you know what? I had a relationship with one of my friends. They did this. Maybe you have a thing going on right now. End it. (laughs) Offer grace. You say, well, I don't want to. Listen, when you take a time to understand the grace that you've been given, it shouldn't be an issue for you to give someone else some. Because if you're anything like me, there's been plenty applied to you. Much more than we could ever understand. But as a church, we're to be involved. We are responsible. In a little bit, we're going to have we're going to have some children here with their parents, and they're going to and they're going to come forward in just a, in just a little bit. Not not yet, but they're going to come forward. And and I want because I, I want them to come forward because I want you to see them, and I want you to put if you don't know if you don't know their names, I want you to put a face with the parents and the baby. Okay, it makes sense. Okay, in your head, I want you to begin to pray for these people. Because some of you are empty nesters, some of you have already raised children, and you know how, you know how, how important this age group of young people is. They're completely influential. You can, you can influence them, you can teach them, you can also hurt that by teaching them wrongly, incorrectly. We're called to mentor and disciple our children. Now wait a minute. I know that you talk about this mentoring thing all the time, and you, you know, you meet at Matt's office, which is AKA Hardy's, okay? And we meet, and Matt meets with guys, and there's other ladies that meet with ladies, and you, and you talk, and you go over scripture, and you, you talk about their week, and you really just try to live life together. But I don't need to do that with my kids. <laughs> that should be number one on your list. After your personal relationship with Christ, it should be with your family. You should be teaching them, showing them what it means to follow Christ. Yet some people will say, eh, it's not important. Or they'll ask questions like, 
Well, if I don't have any kids or I don't have any kids at home, what makes me responsible for other people's children? Can I share something with you? It's not like you have a choice. I'm going to share something with you. I would not be standing here right now if it wasn't for people like my parents and other people that helped put me, put information and teach me into my life. There's no possible way. If I just learned everything that I learned from my parents, I probably wouldn't be right here. But it was people that were outside of that, in those teenage years when it was very difficult to communicate with my mom and dad. And I know some of you are going amen in your head. Just It gets better. They will make a phone call one day and I will say, Dad, Mom, how do I put this? I was an idiot. That's how I started it. I said, I said listen, I owe you a huge apology. And I, and I begin to tell them how I appreciated them when they disciplined me, how I appreciated them when they taught me. But it was other people that would come into my life. Do you realize that you can be that other person in someone's life? <laughs> you, can, you can influence. Teachers do it all the time, every day. Have one of the hardest jobs in the world. And I'm not saying that because I was one. I'm just telling you because I have experience in doing it. It's difficult. But you have one of the greatest opportunities to put into children, to teach them about life, to teach them just to show them your character. But why am I responsible? The answer is this. On the average, 72% of people that live in the Mount Vernon community do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That bothers me. It bothers me a lot. You walk through Kroger, you walk into CVS, you walk in Walmart, Aldi's, wherever you shop, you're walking by probably a really close average to 7 out of 10 people here that do not know Jesus. That's not okay. It's not. So what do we do? You can be responsible for that person. Putting into that person that they grow up. Listen, I'm going to brag on our kids. And not all of them are in here. Some of them are spread out. But I'm going to tell you that Connection will be 10 years old in October. And we have raised some young people. (laughs) And we're continuing to raise those young people. We've actually raised some young people that are now putting into young people again. They're going to make a difference. But it was because people took time and stepped out to teach them. Look at the next blank on your worship handout. Look at this. Oh, this is so sweet. Children are a gift from God. We're not talking about exchanging that gift, okay? Okay. Some of you are like, oh, they're a gift. We can return. No, no. No. Children are a gift from God. They are. They're precious. Very precious. They're intricate. They're detailed. You ever seen? Have you ever took time to look at a baby's hand? <laughs> Realize that no one else that has ever lived that has the same fingerprints as that little child, and how intricately it's—it's it's just like you took a big person and you shrunk them, right? Children are a gift from God, and these gifts don't have to just be your own. I don't know if it was—I don't know if it was similar with your household, but. My mom and dad were actually mom and dad to several of my friends. I shared grandparents. I had people that came over, were not even closely blood related to me whatsoever. They would run to my house, hey grandma, hey grandpa, and they would just raid the fridge. Like, this is how close they were. 
But what they saw is they had an opportunity to teach these children, to, to put into these, to love them. But children are a gift. And look at what this. We are commanded to raise them to be used by God. We are. We're asked. Listen. It should be this. I saw, I saw this. This, this, was, this was really good. Oftentimes we, we want to say, I want my children to grow up and be like my mentors. Be, be that person. Or I would say, if I could be half the person my mentor was, it would be a big deal. And I would consider myself successful. I don't want my kids to be faithfully, spiritually mature as I am. I want them to get to my point and blow my doors off. I want them to see things and be used by God in ways that I never even thought possible. I want them to be sent. This is a scary prayer. God, we ask You to use Emma and Lydia. My wife, pray, my wife and I pray this. This is one of the most difficult prayers in the world. We don't care where. But we ask You to use them. Help us train them so that you can use them. Why? Because the church is bigger than you and me. It's bigger. Look at 1 Samuel. We're talking, you just look on the screen, we're just going to go to a couple different places. We're going to be in 1 Samuel, then take a look at Luke. I just want to share with you a couple stories. Hannah is a lady that comes into into the temple and she, she can't have a child. And she meets with the high priest. Actually, it uh, said that Hannah wasn't speaking out loud. She was mumbling words with her lips. And, and the priest, Eli, thought she was intoxicated. Uh, excuse me, ma'am, you can't be here. And she said, hey, I haven't had anything to drink. I'm just begging God for a son. And Eli prophesies and says, you will have a son. And, and it goes on. But, but watch this. In verse 27 of 1 Samuel, it's the first chapter, it says, I asked the Lord to give me this boy. So she's, she had Samuel. And he has granted my request. In 28, now I am giving him to the Lord. And he will belong to the Lord his whole life. Now, this lady did something that you and I would think is absolutely absurd. She lets Samuel be trained in the temple. As in, he doesn't live at home. Giving him. That's, that's, on, the, that's, on, the, that's on the extreme, but she said... I just wanted to be blessed with a son. And God, you can have everything. Listen, I am not exceptionally good at that instrument. By any stretch of the imagination. But watch. If you, if you have the talent to do this, or to play this, or those, or these, or use your mouth, or maybe you have a gift of compassion, God wants you to use it. Use it. Give it away. Give it away. We all have it. I love that next week we're going we're gonna to start and we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. It is one of the coolest things in the world to find out how God has created you and how you can plug in and be used. It's unreal. And some of you may have taken a spiritual gifts test in the past. You know what? In your season in life, they can change. Depending on where you are, what you're doing. But Hannah was unable to have children early part in the first in the first in the first chapter it says that God the Lord in the Old Testament the Lord had closed her womb she could not have children couldn't have them and she begged God and then she gives him children can teach us a lot of things 
Have you ever, have you ever, if you haven't, I want to challenge you to do this sometime. Pray with your kids or get around a child whenever they pray. This is, this is, you, if you've done this, you understand these kids are just not afraid to ask of anything. But they talk to them, they talk to God like He's standing and sitting right next to them. I mean, it's literally, hey God. And I will go out of the room of praying with my kids. And you know what will happen? Sometimes it will force me to my knees. Because God will send His Holy Spirit and He will begin to deal with me. And He says, when's the last time that you came to me with serious stuff like your kids? Unashamed. Completely wide open. This is what I am. This is what I have. He said, your kids come with such innocence. Asking scary stuff, don't they? They ask scary stuff. He says, Matt, when are you going to pray scary prayers? So we fast forward a little bit to the New Testament. Before we go, before we go on real quick, one of the, one of the things that I've heard, not, not just my kids, other, other children that I've been around in our church that have prayed, or I've heard this, this is what I heard. God, help people that don't have shoes or a house. We have a lot of first world problems. As in, do I want a number five or do I want a number six at McDonald's after church? <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot of first world stuff. We don't, have, we don't have the understanding of what it is. Look at Luke. Look at Luke 2. I know some of you are going to go, ooh, Luke 2, Christmas story. Nah, we're going to fast forward. In verse 42, I want to read this to you. Look, now watch this. When Jesus was 12, why is this a big deal? He started his public ministry when he's 30-ish. So 18 years before he goes public with his ministry, before he says, this is who I am, before the wedding at Canaan, when he turns 180 gallons of water into wine at a wedding feast for his first miracle, this is 18 years previous to that. So when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. Okay, yearly festival in Jerusalem. In 43, after the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. Why? Because that's where they lived. (laughs) But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. (sighs) I'm not going to talk about the time that you left your kid at Walmart. Or wherever else. Okay, but look at this. His parents didn't miss him at first. Why? Because there was many, many, many people traveling with him together. Okay, look at verse 44 and check this out. It says, because they assumed he was among the other travelers. So there's more, more, more than one family here together. But what, when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. Now, this is evening. As in a day. <laughs> You may have lost your, your, your child. Uh, let's, not, let's not use lost. Let's say uh, got separated from them. But it wasn't maybe for a day. So after the evening, they're getting ready to go to bed and they can't find Jesus. You know, you know what I'm thinking in the back of my head? And this is just the way that my mind works. But can you just put your head in, in the shape of, of Mary's? Oh no, I've lost the Savior of the world. <laughs> No pressure. I lost Jesus. I get it. The kids, you know, kids are all, yes. But but this is a special child. Oh boy. 
Not where did I put my keys? Where did I put Jesus? This is, this is, this is different. So she's probably flipping out. So in verse 45 it says, When they couldn't find Him, they being plural, both of them are probably seeking frantically, they went back to Jerusalem to search for Him there. Look at 46. Three days! Notice the similarity that Jesus was gone for them for three days. And later in His life, 21 years from now, He would be apart from them for three days only to come back again. See, the Bible is full of loopholes like this. Or not loopholes, but full of, full of things that just mesh. Full of, full of different, different representations of three days and sevens and different things like this. But three days later, they finally discovered Him in the temple. Where are you going to look for the Savior of the world? Let's start at church, right? Now, sitting among... Look, look what He's doing. He's sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. I think that he probably was asking questions that they couldn't touch. He was, he was beginning to teach them about the coming Messiah, and he was sitting right in front of them. Listen, it's 18 years before he makes it public, okay? They've heard all the rumors that Mary supposedly had Jesus, and he was the Son of God, okay, but he's just a kid. In 47, it says, All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. I looked at some different videos with kids and you got like seven-year-olds that can play Sweet Child of Mine on the guitar by Guns N' Roses and I'm like, whoa. People are like, yeah. But these, these young people have such, such potential, such depth. And these teachers were amazed at this young boy. Dude, how do you know this stuff? This is 47. All who heard him He's speaking to who? The religious teachers. These are people that taught adults and they're learning from a 12-year-old. Something special here. So, all who heard him were amazed by understanding and of his answers. Look at 48. His parents didn't know what to think. <laughs> Another question that flows around in my head is this. How do you discipline the Son of God? He didn't do anything wrong. He, he, he didn't, they didn't know what to do. What do you think? Hey, um, we've been searching for you. The kid gives a pretty good answer here. You know why? Because he's Jesus. Now look. <laughs> Son, his mother said to him, this is Mary, why have you done this to us? Immediately she turns it on him. You ran away. <laughs> he's going to go, No. You left me. (laughs) Why have you done this to us? He says, your father and I have been frantic. Listen, this is the all-knowledge Jesus in human form. Even in a 12-year-old, he's going, yeah, I know. (laughs) I know how frantic you've been. Listen, searching for you everywhere. He goes to 49. Look at this. But why did you need to search? You ever been stopped cold, dead in your tracks when a kid asks you a very honest question like this? Why did you have to search? You knew, you knew where I should be. Huh. <laughs> One of the things that I love to see is when our young people are taught about not just why we go to church, not just why we come to Connection or come wherever you go, happens when we go? I used to wake up for church, completely honest. I used to wake up for church and not want to wake up to go to church. I didn't want to go. 
I didn't want to go. I can't wait to get here on Sunday morning. You know why? Because you're here. Do you know why else? Because your kids are here. You know why? You know why first? Because God's here and He's moving in different lives of people. But why did you need to search? He asked, this is Jesus, didn't you know that I must be in my Father's house? Now some of you are going, smart out little 12 year old. Listen, He's the one that got left. <laughs> right? He said, you should know where I should be. Even at 12, Jesus shows us the infinite knowledge of His brain and says this. He says, don't you know that I must be in my Father's house? Do you know why He said this? Because even at age 12, Jesus knew the mission that He had. He said, this is where I'm going to be. <laughs> this is what I'm going to be doing. Look at the next blank. As we raise our children. <laughs> you know, we're not told. But there's no way that Mary and Joseph didn't pull something out of this. A lesson. As we raise our children, they can also teach us so many things. If you've been around kids, you get this, don't you? You ever learn anything from your kids? I saw, I saw Emma or Lydia do something a couple weeks ago. I'm just talking to you because I give you a little insight to my life and the craziness of it. But they did something. Emma did something. And she goes up to Lydia and she says, I'm sorry. Now this wasn't the do something, I'm sorry, don't tell mom one. <laughs> or dad. It was the true, honest, sincere, hey, I didn't really mean to do that, I'm sorry. And I just heard it. All I'm expecting to hear is, you know, the cat fight starts. And they come running out and somebody's crying. But instead I heard, I heard an apology and I went to Emma later and I said, I said, where'd you learn how to do that? I'm just hoping, she goes, dad. I'm just hoping for dad, right? And she goes, you and mommy try to teach us how to do that. And of course I cried because I'm a wuss. And <laughs> I'm like, Wow. But because of the teachers that we have in this church, listen, as we raise our children, they can teach us so many things. Because of the teachers in this church and the parents that are taking time to do important things. I heard a, I heard a story of a girl that went to school this week. And they needed some, they needed some stars for a party. And they, had, and they needed 25. Well, this person had 35. And they looked to their neighbor and he had 12. And she, this, this little girl goes up to the teacher and she says, can I give my extra ones to him? Because without him, he's not going to get to do the party. And she says, yeah, you can, but he's still three short. And then another girl stood up who also goes to a church in this community. She stood up and she said, here, he can have my three. Do you know what this world would be like if we continued to raise children like this? Children that care. Children that use a four-letter word that's not bad. It's called love. Do you have any idea what kind of people, how, what kind of changes we could do? But as far as the church, it's up to us. Now, I have to, now I'm going to introduce to you some very, very, very esteemed, honored guests and members. Uh, not members yet, but people that go to our church. I'm going to ask the families that are going to be uh, dedicating children this morning to come ahead and come forward. Now, I do want to ask you something as they come forward. I do want to tell you something. Um, please don't miss out on this day as in this. If you want, if you want to take pictures, take pictures.
Okay? If you want to come up the aisle and take pictures, come up the aisle and take pictures. If afterwards you want to, you want to take family pictures in the lobby or outside, take, take pictures. Okay? Take pictures. Enjoy today. Uh, we're going to have three young people and their families this morning. <laughs> is, there any, is there anybody else? that I, I know that I haven't talked to you. And I won't be able to give you all the incredible information that I have on these young ones. But if you, if, if, is anybody else wanting to do this? Anybody? Okay. We're going to start over here. Popular, popular, I, I had someone ask Mike the last time that he did this. He said, hey, did you have everything memorized? No, it's right there for me. You just can't see it. Okay. <laughs> We're dedicating... 10 or 11 children this morning. So it's a blessing that I can't memorize at all. It's awesome. So what we're going to do is I'm going to introduce you to the, these families. I'm going to give you birthdays. I'm going to tell you a little bit about their names. Then, we're gonna, then I'm going to pray for each individual one. And then there's... Yay! I love kids. At the end of the service... But some of these parents don't know is you're going to be directly involved with this as a church, even if you're not part of Connection. We're going to ask you as soon as we're all done. The band is going to come up and we're just going to play some music and we're going to surround these families and we're going to pray for them. Because if you have an empty nest at home, you know, you know how hard it was to raise those kids, wasn't it? You know the difficult, and, and believe me, this world's getting harder to raise kids every day. Okay, so we're going to surround them. But before we do that, let's meet our three esteemed guests this morning. Can I hold you? Come here. Now, they may scream, and that's, that, that's, that's usually normal. Hi. Can you say hi? This is Cade. When's your birthday? We're not talking yet? She tries here. Her birthday. November 11, 2016. If you come to the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock service, you're going you're gonna to hear the number 16 a lot. And there's been a lot of people avoiding all of the water here at Connection. But Cade means intelligent, bright shield, and wise person. She's a Cardinals fan. Her parents, Colton and Christina, um, Colton's our intern. Uh, Christina helps with our sound. Uh, and and I, I ask all the parents to tell me something that really they really love about their kid or what their kid likes to do. Cade loves to smile, especially at her daddy. He said he said it. He said he was funny looking. Would you just join me in, in praying for these this family? God, I just pray for Cade and Christina and Colton. God, I pray that you uh, give them the strength, the understanding, and the courage to raise this young lady to further your kingdom. We love you, God. We thank you for this young girl. Amen. I got several different emails about what the kids like to do. Meaning, (laughs) what do babies do? They eat, sleep, and poop, right? I got that on several, and they said, well, we better not say that in church. So I went ahead and said it for you. But if you go to that next slide, this is... I gave him, I gave him a couple new names this morning, but it's just Dominic. Dominic Lee Downing. Say hi. No? You're not going to say hi? 
You, you like something, right? Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> this is Dominic. Dominic's birthday is, I told you about the 16, right? December 9th, 2016. Uh, the meaning of Dominic. <laughs> we're going to get to what your favorite thing to do is in just a second. I think people are going to like it. <laughs> Dominic means belonging to the Lord. Uh, Lee and Chrissy, down in our... our uh, Dominic's parents, and Dominic, this little dude's already a man after my own heart. Dominic loves to listen to 80s rock. That's just the cool thing. I talked to Lee, I said, I said, seriously? He goes, the kid cries, we put it on, he stops crying. I said, well, all right, right on. So, let's pray. God, just pray that you be with this young boy. God, and their family, God, that you might give Lee and Chrissy the courage to raise Dominic in a way that honors you, that he can further your kingdom. God, we pray that he grows in strength and wisdom and the ability to follow your word. In your name we pray, amen. (laughs) Hello, sunshine. Hi, can I hold you? No? No? See, he's a funny. See, I told him this. I said, if they don't want to come to me, they may scream. Oh, yay! All right. So you just like you see all the people. You see all the people. Can you tell them your name? This is Eloria, correct? Eloria Faith Kennenstein. Hi. Hi. Oh. Her birthday is October nineteenth, two thousand fifteen. And this young lady came into the care of Brittany and Drew on November 16th, right? Yeah. (laughs) Eloria, I actually found a couple meanings. It means uh, true to all and my God is perfect. And when you talk about the plan of this one, (laughs) God is perfect. Hmm. Ella, Ella likes to do something she just learned. She just learned to walk. Oh, so she's everywhere, right? This is to, to people that aren't the parents. They're like, oh, she learned to walk. And you're like, she's into everything. <laughs> she loves her kitties. Mm-hmm. And she likes to say kitty, don't you? We're going to have to make a commercial with this one. She's always happy and knows how to make others smile. And you wrote this last week, and it's just, it's contagious with this one, isn't it? Uh, Here. All right, you come here. And you come here, and I'll pray for you, okay? All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for this young girl and this family. God, we we love you. We praise you for the miracle that you've given this couple. God, we thank you for the ability to have a church that will support these kids. That will, that will raise them and teach them. God, help us be the church that we need to be. Help all these parents be good imitators. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. What I'm going to do now is, if you don't want to or you physically can't, you got the band, go ahead. What I'm going to ask you guys to do is this. If you don't want to, completely okay. You don't have to move. You can stay where you are. But what I'm going to ask you to do is, people of Connection, these are our people. These are our kids. I want you to come and surround them. I want you to pray for them. What we're going to do is you're going to hear you're going to hear us play a song, and we're just gonna, no vocals at all, and you're just going to begin to to pray for these people out loud. Lay hands on their their shoulders, touch the babies if you can get that close.
Um, but we just ask you, if you feel comfortable and you want to do that, we just ask you to come forward now in a little bit. I'll pray. After we sing a little bit, I will pray and we will be dismissed. So if the families of these, of these young people, if the, if the families want to come down, we want you guys to be, be a part of this. Come on, come on, come on down. Come on. And the rest of everybody can just come on down after them.
Father, we thank you so much. loving us the way that you love us. And God, we pray and we lift up these kids and their families today, God, that they may become great imitators of you, and they may follow, follow after you, God, with childlike faith. God, they, they want everything that you have for them. And God, help us as parents and family members and church members and, and family, God, to help teach them and help raise them up in a way, God, that's different than this world that follows after you. We thank you for the families. We thank you for the travel safeties that you've, you've given them to come. And God, we just ask you... <laughs> For great things for these kids. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. It's in your wonderful holy name that we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.